0: This right. is an eight iron, and it's a dead shank. Wow! Way right. Oh, it takes a shank. hop off the path.
1: You gotta be kidding me! Very tough pitch shot right here. You gotta hit it into the hill, one hop up and bite, and it's
0: in. Kind of like that. Well, I would like to welcome former NFL running back and certified absolute golf junkie, Danny Woodhead, to the Sub-70 Podcast. Uh, Danny, thanks for taking the time today. been looking forward to this conversation.
1: Hey, thanks a lot, man. Uh, Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, no worries. Um, I figured we would talk NFL first a little bit, then we'll get into uh, golf and also kind of where your career path is heading now. But uh, since it's NFL playoff time, I figured we would dive into that. Um. first question when you when you see this time of the year and you're not that far removed from the NFL do, do you miss it or is it one of those things where once it was done you're good just kind of being a fan and watching it or is it hard not to have the competitive spirit kick in there and be like I could be back out there playing again
1: yeah I still love the game I really do It's. I mean it was something that I was a part of for so so long and I mean you don't just lose the love for the game now, as far as do I, do I miss playing the game, zero. I, there, there's nothing I miss about playing football. I loved it, and, and I really believe that I, when I say this, that I gave everything I had out of my body to, the, to football. I, I, every, everything that I could have given to football like, as far as effort, I, I used that all up. I'm way, way, way past empty. So I, I I don't miss it. I, I I love the game, I and I will always love the game. You you ask our kids, are we a football family? They'd say, heck yeah, we are. We my all my kids, my my three oldest, eight six four and eight six and four year old, they all are in a pick 'em every week against each other, not college but NFL because that's what that's what we know. That, that's that's the life that we've had. So we love the game. It's just I just don't have any desire to play it anymore. Do I think you know? Do I think I can? could still i i don't know maybe but like that, it doesn't matter because i don't want to I I, yeah. I I really have no interest in it i have i have way more things that i'm way way more passionate about now did it used to be uh you know one of the main things i was passionate about in my life heck yeah i did but uh i i've moved on it, it when it, when i said i was going to be done playing i was done
0: I hear you. Um, It's always still an interesting perspective of somebody who played at that high of a level for that period of time, no matter kind of what professional sport it is. So it's always interesting to get that that person's take and kind of segues into this next one. So you played a lot of years in the league and you have a regular season game and now we're in the playoff season. What's the difference or feel in the locker room or a vibe in the stadium or intensity level difference between a regular season game and a playoff game?
1: Well, I mean, it's a – you lose, you're done. So, I, I mean, that's, that's the, that's like the short answer, but it, yeah, you do feel a little bit different. I mean, you know that everyone's watching your game because there's not, you know, 16 other games on TV that week. You're, you, you're one of what, four games in the weekend if you're wild card or second round. And then if you go on to the AFC championship, you're one of two games. So the stakes are just so much higher and just the opportunity to play in a Super Bowl. Um, there, there's nothing like playing in that game. And, uh, yeah, so, so the stakes are so much higher. And, um, it's, it's an incredible atmosphere. It's a lot of fun. Um, like thinking back to it, you can still think back and be like, man, that's really cool. Not wanting to play, but still like, like, that was, that was pretty freaking cool. I, I got to play in these playoff games or in, you know, that one Super Bowl. And, um, yeah, so it's it's definitely it means more, and you you can you can just kind of feel it in just the atmosphere.
0: In Super Bowl, then has to be at the next level of there's playoffs, and then there's this ultimate game. And I, I know you guys came up a little bit short, but just to be in that experience has to be. Is Does it, is it feel like a game? Did you ever pinch yourself and say, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm here, this is happening? Do you have to kind of treat it like a regular football game because you're a professional and this is what you guys do? Like, how, how do you balance the moment but not letting the moment get too big where it gets distracting when you're playing something of that magnitude?
1: You know, you got to do everything you can to make it just a game. Is it another game? No, it's not. I mean, you have all these celebrities on the field before the game. Um, Madonna was, you know, the performer. I think it was Beyonce singing the, you know, the national anthem. Like, I mean, that's that's not a regular game. Like, like there's nothing about that. It's a regular game. Halftime, what, thirty minutes? There's just so. There's a lot of different things, but I will say once I think it was the first play happened. You're like, oh, it is a regular game. I'm still getting hit. I still have to hit them. Um, so. It takes a little bit, but yes, it does become just a game. Like when I scored the touchdown, I started to spike it and leave the ball, and then like a couple seconds after, I was like, "Oh crap! I got to get that ball. That's that's an important ball. I need to get the I need to get the touchdown ball from the Super Bowl." So, yes, there it it does become just a game, but there's still a little bit of like, "Man, this is freaking crazy." I I you know I worked so hard, and I remember as a kid watching you know, all these Super Bowls, it's a little different. And and you do notice it with some different things also.
0: Well, I'm going to ask you to put your uh, analyst hat on of uh, looking back at the games from last weekend. Uh, what's the couple games that, that kind of got your attention? What was sort of your takeaway? And then we can segment that into the games coming up. So, you know, trend lines that you like... Um, potential teams that you really think are kind of peaking at this point in time. Is there anything that kind of caught your interest from uh, the outcomes of, of the games from last week? And then we'll segue into the upcoming matchups. I mean, like caught my
1: interest just cause I'm um, so, so they all caught my interest. The new England one, did it surprise me? The last? No, just because, um, Tennessee is, first of all, new England, they, they were a little lower on the talent as far as uh, skill positions this year. They lost Gronk, you know, and, and then they expected to have Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon. Um, so, like, it's not quite the team I don't think they thought they were going to have either, um, and they, so they, they didn't have everyone maybe that they anticipated early on in the year, um, but that's life, and they, they understand that, but, so that, that didn't really surprise me. Just because, you know, if if you could score corn, points on them, score enough points, you're going to be able to beat them because they had a tough time scoring points. Uh, I I think everyone likes to say that it's it's Tom, you know, like oh is he getting older? That's not the case. Yes, is he getting older? Of course, but that's that's not why they <laughs> Tom is not the reason they lost. Um. So yeah, that was interesting. The The Texans game, I thought the Bills played good enough to beat them, but, you know, the the Texans have, I mean, you saw it late. Deshaun Watson's an incredible player. They have a a bunch of incredible players that, um, you know, people don't talk about, I think, a lot. Um, But they're gifted, and they have a great um, head coach and Bill O'Brien, who was my offensive coordinator for the first two years I was in New England. Um, And I... I don't think he gets as much credit as he should. He went to playoffs I don't know how many times with backup of backup quarterbacks before Deshaun got there. And then you look at the NFC. Minnesota does not surprise him. They won. I think Kirk Cousins is maybe the most underrated and over-criticized quarterback in the NFL. Um, if you talk to an NFL, someone that plays in, has played or does play, he runs the show as an offense and that's what you want in the quarterback. There's a believe it or not, there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that don't and don't have the knowledge of a Kirk Cousins or a Tom Brady, um, and and that's partially I think because offensive coordinators don't put as much on quarterbacks' plates on all quarterbacks' plates, but uh, definitely I respect the heck out of Kirk Cousins because of um, what he does. As far as orchestrating the offense, some people are like, "Oh, that's a game manager." Not really. If you want to call it game manager, then I—that's all I want. If I'm a if I'm a coach or a GM, I'm getting a game manager if that's what it is. If if that means you know what to do every single play, and you know what protection to get us in, or you know what run or pass, then that's what I want. I don't. I'm I'm not going to just get so now. If you luckily end up having him be as gifted as Lamar Jackson, that's a different story, too. (laughs) He's an absolute freak of nature. and I mean, he's obviously got to have some sort of command of that offense, but no one's going to call him a game manager just because he's really fast and can do a lot of special things that we haven't seen in a long time at that position. And then you look at the Eagles game. I mean, once Josh McCown's incredible, journeyman they would like to call him quarterback once Carson Wentz went down I still thought they had a chance and they did but yeah you know, Seattle who Russell Wilson's played as good as I mean if Lamar Jackson wasn't the Lamar Jackson of this year Russell Wilson could have been an MVP talk so a lot of fun storylines with all the teams um a lot of great teams this year I mean you look at all those teams I, I think anyone can still win it yeah is Baltimore doing some really good things? Yeah, but like they did have – I mean, they still did have a couple losses this year, so that means someone could beat them. Um, and one of the teams that did, Kansas City, is still in the playoffs.
0: Matchups next week that you think um, – I know you're going to watch all the games, but there's some that you're yeah. really looking to see in that game.
1: I'm interested to see Minnesota. I'm, I'm really interested to see Minnesota just because they are loaded with talent. They have one of the better running backs in the league, Dalvin Cook, and then they have Thielen and Diggs on the outside, and Rudolph's still a good tight end. So they're offensively they're good, but also they have a good defense, and they have guys that can play on defense. I, I think their team for me to watch that isn't you know a team that has a buy. And then the other one, I'm really interested to see what the Titans do. Um, I really, really am just because they can run the football and play defense, and that's what you're gonna you're gonna have to just try to do that against you know Baltimore. And so I think it'll be really interesting um, what the Titans and what the Vikings do, just because those are the two teams. Like if I'm thinking of teams that I'm interested in watching for wildcard weekend going into the second round.
0: Hey everyone, it's Jason at the Sub-70 Podcast. Hope you're enjoying the conversation with Danny Woodhead. Wanted to make uh, an announcement. Uh, Two new products coming in in January. Uh, Should be towards the middle, late part of the month. The uh, 699 Pro irons with uh, reduced offset, little cleaner top line, kind of a new uh, category in golf for player's distance. Uh, That should be available very, very soon. And also our AL6 Arm Lock Sub-70 All-Milled Putter should be available in late January as well. A great way of being able to uh, lock that putter into the left arm, take the hands out of the stroke, and make a few more putts. Uh, If anyone has questions on fitting or needs help or anything like that, we're always glad to help. Thanks for all the support. Hope you're enjoying the conversation with Danny, and thank you for listening. I was going to ask you, too, about uh, Tom Brady and, and what he has accomplished his career with you playing with him. But if you could kind of, you know, I'm sure there's tons of things he does at, you know, at an extremely high level. But over that extended period of time for he's been that great for that long, is there one or two things that, with your experience of playing with him, that just, makes him such a great competitor and such a great player for that extended period of a time where people can see film on him, yet every year he still goes out and plays at a really, really high level? I, I think the thing is, is
1: obviously what he's done with his diet and how he's eaten, because that takes out, what it does is it takes out inflammation of your body, which you can recover faster. You're not going to feel those aches and pains quite as much. Now he's 42 years old. He's still going to feel aches and pains but makes it a little bit more manageable. So I think the thing that he does with that, um, he takes his craft so serious that he's watching everything he puts in his body. And, and that's important. That's, that's super, super important, but outside of like, you know, what everyone's saying with the TB12 method and doing his diet and, you know, just the way he takes care of his body. I think something that he does is he leaves, I mean, it's, it's kind of what all you know patriots do and the the mantra there is, is do your job and basically what you do is just leave nothing to doubt so you're prepared for every single situation that you know might come are you going to win them all no you're not going to but if you've done the preparation and you've made sure you're you know ready to you know go out and succeed if you know if you do well in each situation that's all you can ask for i mean you, you ask Tom. I, I think he's pretty pleased with um, his preparation and getting ready for last week's game. It's just they lost. I mean, and that's just part of it. That's part of the game. Um, you know, to expect them to win every Super Bowl is kind of nuts. I mean, people, people are just calling for, his, like, man, he's old. They're twelve and four. I mean, <laughs> you, you ask anyone in the league if they'd go twelve and four, if they'd be happy. They'd say, "Heck yeah, we would." It's hard to it's hard to go ten and six, nine and seven in the NFL. If we could go twelve and four, and that'd be the worst thing. You know, the history
0: of you know your organization.
1: I think I think it's I think it's gonna work out.
0: The other player I was gonna ask you about before we get into the golf side of stuff is uh, Philip Rivers, who was your quarterback when you were at uh, San Diego. I saw you on Twitter, kind of going back and forth with people and. It seems like you have nothing but respect for his ability and his leadership and the way he plays. Uh, any idea where he could potentially be next year? And once again, a uh, great player for a long period of time. What did would you, would you enjoy playing, or what about playing with Philip? did you enjoy the most, I should say? Uh, he was very similar to Tom as far as he was meticulous on, I
1: mean, he was going to cover everything going into a game in preparation, but the the little difference with Phil and Tom is I had more of a relationship with Phil. And that's because partially because I was older and more secure in what I was doing. You know, I, I had been in the NFL for longer. Sometimes when you're on your career, you just kind of put your head down and you don't talk to anyone. And that's kind of how I was in New England. I mean, I had friends, but I'm saying like, you just put your head down when you're at work and you just work. And that's a little bit how I was there. So, you know, Phil, I, yeah, I have a ton of respect for him, a ton of respect for him. Uh, the man he is, the dad he is, the husband he is, and then obviously the player he is, but all those other things are way, way more important to me than him as a football player. And so so outside of, you know, that, like if we're talking football, I don't know where he's going to end up. I wouldn't count out the Chargers, obviously, but if he ends up going somewhere else and the Chargers don't want him or <laughs> however that may look, I don't know. I, but I, I do know that it's if there's a team out there that needs a quarterback, He's the first one I'm calling if, you know, Tom's probably not going to be the GOAT. let say he, say Tom is, I, I would say Phil Peppers is right under Tom. Tom's obviously, what everyone says, the GOAT, and I really believe he is the greatest of all time. I really do. But Phil's just, as far as a quarterback, I, I don't think he's that much lower than him, just on what he does. Everyone be like, well, yeah, this, that, and the other. It's like, well. There are two different organizations. I, I think so many people on Twitter, or just fans, they want to be like, well, he didn't do this. He didn't do this. It's like, you have to under, like, there's such big things that go on in organizations. This isn't just football. This is businesses. Like, if you have a, a poor culture or poor leadership or whatever it may be, it's going to make things difficult. It's going to make things harder to succeed. The the healthiest cultures are usually the best teams. Uh, I, I was fortunate to be at, at Baltimore for a year. Doesn't surprise me that they're really good because they have a super healthy culture there. Um, and, and that sometimes is, you know, the thing that separates you know different teams. And and Philip, uh, you know, if if he's not going to be at the Chargers, I think he just needs to find a fit that obviously wants him around and is going to let him do what he does
0: what from his game it doesn't look like i mean it looks like he's got gas in the tank still i don't you know more than i would but it doesn't look like he's oh, he lost has, much he off 20. his fastball yet
1: he, he can he can play as i don't know if i going to say as long as he wants because that's a lie everyone has a you're gonna be done but he still has some years left in for him he doesn't have a year i think he
0: has years yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens
1: for sure all right
0: well, let's get into the golf um when did you, you know, start playing? And then when did it become this, you know, huge passion in your life that you, you know that you enjoy at this point? How did did you start off playing when you were young, and then gave it up a little while you were in the NFL, then afterwards, or have you always played your whole life? So I started when I was like eight. My grandpa kind
1: of introduced me to it, and then went out and played a decent amount at a, a lake course outside of North Platte, Nebraska, with my dad and my brother. And we would just go out a decent amount during the summer. We got a season pass. And it just kind of became the thing that you you would do with your brother and your dad. And it was, I'm so thankful for that because we had a lot of time, you know, quality time together by by just doing that. um, That, you know, another reason why I want my kids to play is because it's like you get four hours with your kids, even as they grow older, uh, to spend time. Sometimes it's mom and dad aren't as cool as they grow, as you grow older. Um, but yeah, and then I, I kept playing once it was high school, didn't play nearly as much or college and then pick it up a little bit more was junior or senior year of college. And, and then into the league I'd play, I still played a decent amount in the league when we'd have time off, you know, I mean, there's, you get about a month and a half off in the summer, you play as much as you could, but I would say the passion wasn't really until I retired. I loved golf and I, just i i I loved golf it wasn't until i retired that i was like man i'm doing everything now that i can do to get better i don't care what it is i'm gonna find a way to get good and and basically what what i've kind of seen is i put my football passion into my golf and anyone that knows me, you ask any of my siblings uh any of my friends be like hey like you know, does, is Danny, you know, is, is, is he doing it for fun? They're like, no, 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 no. He's he's doing this because he's trying to be as great as he can be at it. Now, does that mean I'm going to be a professional golfer? Obviously, I mean, that's not, not the case. I'm not quite that gifted, but I want to be as good as I can be, and I don't, I want to make sure that I don't leave a, or I don't, at a stroke because I'm an idiot on the course or because I haven't tried to. It, it, I, so this past year I ended up being like a plus one. Well, do you think that's good enough now? To me, it's not personally. I've, I have no interest in, you know, just being that guy. I don't have an interest in being a plus one. Now, obviously it's a plus, now it's a rabbit hole. You end up going down and you're like, well, oh, I want to yeah. be a plus two. I want to be a plus three. I want to be a plus four. Like,
0: and every one of those jumps something. gets harder and harder oh, and harder. So,
1: so much harder. But that's still what I want to do. So am I gonna am I gonna try to be a plus three, plus four? You know, some like that. Like, do, do I see it? Yes, I do. I know people think I'm crazy, but I I, I see that. Do I know that it's probably not going to happen this next year? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I'm I'm realistic, but. That's that's what I love about the game is you can continue to get better and then when I if I'm planning on being a plus three or whatever it may be well then I'm going to try to be a plus three point three or I'm going to be a plus three point four I don't really have an interest in just doing anything halfway and it's because if I'm going to do something I want to be great I don't want to be average there's just no fun in average for me um, and I know I can probably you know, some of my, some of my friends or siblings, whatever, be like, "Gosh, he's just he's a little much sometimes."
0: Yeah, I might
1: be, but uh, that's just kind of how I'm lying.
0: Would a goal maybe to be playing like in a mid-am, like a U.S. mid-am, or really high-end amateur events? I mean, there's some really good play that happens. You know, like you said, the guys get yeah. to plus one, plus two, plus three. You know, just a little bit below a tour player, but I mean, you can. There's some great amateur events if you can kind of get into that realm of of capabilities which sounds like you're close what maybe is that sort of the goal where you're playing you know in those sort of north south events and uh, u.s mid-ams and those sort of you know uh high-end high quality amateur golf
1: yeah i'm i'm not gonna say i haven't thought about that (laughs) i mean uh, i'm trying to just get better you know each year but yes um I, yeah, I, I I would love to play and stuff like that. And have I thought of stuff? Yes, I have. Um, am I there yet? No, but like, that's, that's what's so cool about it is like, I have something that drives me and, um, that's outside of, you know, obviously the most important thing in my life is my faith and family, but I, I love having something else that drives me. Um, you know, outside of that, I mean, I it's it's something that even though you, you know how it is being in the Midwest, you don't have golf all the time. Like there's months that you don't play. Well, I have a golf club in my room always. I have uh, indoor places that I will go and practice and hit um, just because I want to. I I, I want to be good. I that's that's if if I'm gonna do it, if I'm gonna make that my hobby or my passion or whatever it is i want to do everything i can to be really good does it mean it's always going to work out no am I mm-hmm. 80? yeah probably um but that's okay it's it's something that i'm uh doing everything i can can do to be uh as good as i can at
0: now with uh growing up in nebraska by north platte and going to college in nebraska and still living in the omaha region of nebraska Growing up, did you ever think Nebraska would be this crazy hotbed for some of the best golf that there is in the world in the state of Nebraska? And there's a new club coming up that uh, King Collins is doing the design workout in Homer. Uh, Nebraska called the Landmine. I mean, the yep. layout is supposed to be amazing from what I heard. These are the guys who did Sweetens Cove. Uh, d- did you ever think that Nebraska would be this, you know, it is. It's a hotbed for really high-quality golf.
1: No, I, you know that's that's what's funny. But it, it, like you said, it is, and it's it's amazing golf. And anyone that hasn't needs to find a way to get out this area, just because the golf is insane. You're it's a little bit more remote areas. It's such a fun, fun experience if if you've never been to any of these type of places. Um, Sandhills obviously is not the most easy to get on. Um, but I mean, there's, there's so much good golf and, and then even just your, your courses, like, so living in Omaha, the course is there. It's funny. I have a, I have a buddy who's an assistant golf, pro, who was an assistant golf pro and now is a director of pro kids in San Diego. And he, uh, he, uh, came out because our buddy played in the web and he came out to the tournament and then walked Indian Creek, which is where the where the web event was and then another course here in Omaha or here in Nebraska. And he was so impressed with, and that was, that's not even our, our big time courses. And he was so impressed just with how beautiful uh, Nebraska golf is. And I mean, shoot, it's the same thing over there in Illinois. Uh, the The courses are beautiful. Um, it's green depending on if it's tree line or not tree line. It's just, it's, it's really, really good golf. And, and besides the the months that are cold, you can't really get much better golf than you get here in uh here in Nebraska.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to uh, we'll get out and play a little bit this summer out to the Dismal River Club and uh, go experience that one. But I'm sure people are tired of even hearing it on the podcast, but how much you know <laughs> I, I love no, that I, area of it. That, and that's a place I, I
1: haven't played, I, I, and I can't wait to play.
0: Yeah, it's I went out there for the first time I think like in 2007 to that region. where We played Sand Hills and and dismal, and, and, and hung out there, and I was just, 2007 or 8, one of those two, but I was blown away. Like, I was just hooked instantly, and I think a lot, that's a lot of my friends who I've, you know, from uh, Chicago, where it looks a little bit more like, you know, like driving down 80 through Nebraska, where it looks like cornfields, and a lot of people don't realize if you go north of North Platte, you know, in Mullen area, about 70 files, 75 miles kind of north, and uh, a little bit west there's these rolling sand mounds and you're at 2500 feet elevation and it's like the best lynx golf experience ever because the wind is there you use the ground at times like it's true lynx golf and it's some of the most remote and magical places you could ever hang for a few days and play 54 a day it's it's incredible so it's uh you know, I can't wait to get out there once a month when the summer starts and, and oh, get my fix heck. for it. I'm totally addicted. It's, uh, it's such a great place. And if anyone gets a the chance to go to that better. region play, no, it's, <laughs> it, it's amazing. It really is. So yeah, I'm looking, uh, I'm, I'm already thinking about, uh, when the club opens up in, in May to get out there. But yeah, hopefully we got a good, I think we got a good group heading out there potentially this summer. So I'm putting the pieces It'll of the puzzle together. Yeah, it's going It'll to be, be a good blast. time. Um, some of the other golf pros, I know you've, you've met a couple of the guys that you're friends with on uh Corn Ferry Tour and that kind of stuff. Have those guys, you know, being kind of professional athlete to professional athlete, have you kind of learned anything from some of the guys you've gotten to meet who give you a few tips or even from a mental standpoint of, you know, how to get your game to the next level? How's your relationships with any of those guys? You know, it's, it's just
1: more than anything,
0: it's fun to
1: – so I'm a big-time fanboy when it comes to any sport other than football. When it's football, it's just, like, whatever. You know, I I was able to be around Tom Brady every day, who I think is the greatest football player of all time. Um, So, like, just to meet another football player is just not that cool to me. But, like, if you meet a basketball player, if you meet, um, you know, obviously a golfer, like, it's, like, the coolest thing in the world because you want to see how they approach their craft. Because my craft's completely different, and, like, whether it be a, a, like a kid, Norman Jong out of, he played at Oregon. He's out of California who I'm buddies with or Brandon Crick or Scott Gucheski here in Omaha. Those are a couple of corn fairy guys too. Um, it's really, it's a lot of fun. You know, have I asked some questions I have a little bit, but I like more. So I like just to watch and like their demeanor and how they carry themselves because that's, that's, that's important too. And just in, in how they approach each shot, because, you know, I've, I haven't played competitively for that long, obviously. And that is something fun to pick up on just the different things. And, and it's also fun too. Like before I, you know, you know, before I retired, I, I knew some of them and just, it's just, it's cool to, Cause then maybe you can add something in your, uh, in, in football. Cause there is crossover in all sports, whether it's mental, um, physical, whatever it may be, there's crossover. It's just, it's cool to be around. I thought it was always cool to be around other athletes who are at the highest level and maybe, yeah, I, like I'm not going to lift the same as a basketball player. I'm not going to lift the same as a golfer, but just, just the way, um, they go about their business is really Really cool to watch.
0: From working out, so when you used to work out for the NFL, it's obviously a lot of strength, you know, its size and its you know, its explosive moves. Has your workouts had to change for the sport that you're now playing? Have you done a a different routine? Uh, And if so, what have you sort of changed in your body of what you're you're trying to accomplish with the working out for for golf versus your your old profession?
1: Right. Uh, You know what? I've weighed anywhere from or all the way up to 207 at one point and now I'm down to 190 because I I want to lose weight so I can just move better, have more mobility obviously for my golf swing. Um so yeah, I don't I don't lift as much like weight just cuz I don't I'm someone that I blow up really fast like I think just cuz my muscles were conditioned to but if I went and said, all right, I'm going to try to get my upper body strong. I'd get strong really fast and my, my muscle growth would be kind of out of nowhere. So I don't want that. So what I do is now I do a lot more cardio. I still do some strength training, but just so much. I mean, some people would be like, Oh, that's a lot. Well, it's not a lot for me. And so like what I've tried to do is I just try to scale it back because I, I more so want mobility, flexibility. Um, and, and that's that's been the biggest change is just, I don't want to get bulky because, it, let's be honest, it's hard to rotate around your body when
0: you do that, when you are bulky. Is the Bryson thing kind of, do you, do, you, do you, as somebody get bulk up and get heavy now you're playing golf, did, did you kind of, you know, because I think Tiger looks better this year, a little leaner, personally. I always think like a golfer, looks oh, like I DJ, too. where you like, you know, you look like you should be able to throw a javelin. And I'm looking at Bryson, yeah. I'm going... Now, I know his swing's a little bit different because it's 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 not as, for lack of a better word, none of them are handsy because they're on tour. But he's got a lot of you know big muscle rotation, a lot of core rotation, right. leg rotation. He's not whipping it in there like Sergio. So I, I guess I've wondered. I mean, he's a smart, smart guy, higher IQ than I'll ever have. I, is it you know I can't figure it out. Is it partially because of his golf swing where it's more rotational, so he can get stronger, but. Boy, I always think, I can't think of too many guys who bulked way up and got better. And he's a big guy to begin with, right? He's like six two, two hundred 200 pounds normally.
1: Yeah, I I really couldn't tell you. I don't think it's smart, too, just because you're walking so much, and it's not that great on your joints as you get older. So, like, that's another thing that's... Having 15 pounds off of me has been incredible just in life, you know? So, like, I wouldn't want to weigh that much more anyways... Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, some of it's, I have changed my swing a lot, but I have lost 15, 17 pounds and I hit the ball off the tee 30 to 40 yards further. So it's kind of, it's kind of a, I, I don't, I don't see any, I don't see any reason why I'd want to be bigger and I don't see now I'm not a golf pro. I don't really know how much your triceps and biceps are going to really do for your golf swing. Um, I'd rather have a really, really strong core have a lot of mobility. Um, cause that's g That's to. I mean, even, even with that whole rotational swing, I mean, you just want to be mobile. I, I, I'd want, I would want to be mobile and obviously, um, to be able to r- rotate you know, your upper body and your hips. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I see, but shoot. Yeah. Bryson has reasons for whatever the heck his reasons are on different things. And I'm not going to question him. Made no,
0: I'm more curious. Like, you know, I don't know if I'm right or wrong. It's just, it's different. Right. But everything he kind of does is his own path and it's worked for him. Oh yeah. Well, like he, and yeah, like I said, his, you know, his he's swing definitely. is. Yeah. Right. And it works for him. So I'm sure he's thought long and hard. I think it's going to be really interesting to see when he hits that peak weight. Does you know, is there an increase in distance? Does it? Does the metrics he probably measures get better with that change he's making? There, has, def- there, there has to be something to it because otherwise he wouldn't change. But it's definitely against the norm, like you said. Most of the guys oh, want to look sure. like Dustin Johnson, where you just look like you could swim for seven hours straight, or like you said, chuck a javelin. Exactly. So, and that's and,
1: and honestly, that's what I'm looking forward to.
0: You know, to keep you know, just being, now I'm never
1: going to look like that because I'm not tall and I'm never going to be tall, but (laughs) I just, I want to have, I I would want my body to look like that more so because I just feel like it'd be better. Could I be right? Could I be wrong? Yeah, either I could be.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. Um, Golf courses. What's, what's some of the, the maybe two, three best courses you've enjoyed playing, uh, you know, since you've kind of really gotten back into golf and then is there uh, a couple on the hit list that you can't wait to get out there and, and hopefully play and experience? Uh, I would say probably my, so I've,
1: because I had an event, I didn't get to play the full round, but I played at Pebble, the front nine, 10, 11, 12. Um, and then there's, I've played Tory, those are great, but I would, I got to say my favorite courses, my probably top three and no order, I mean, Sand Hills is probably number one just yeah. because it's, you know, Nebraska and it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, Sand Hills and then either Bayonne Golf Club or Sand Valley. Those two were stupid awesome. I, I mean, love those are oh. Sand Hills, so good. And then Bayonne, Bayonne Golf Club. That's insane. It used to be a landfill right off the Hudson River. I mean it's it's in Bayonne, New Jersey. It's an absolute unreal experience. That that was uh that's up there with those other two though. I mean, I've I've been able to play a lot of really cool courses, but I mean those are those are three that I'll always remember.
0: Have you gotten to play Omaha Country Club? Yeah, Omaha Country Club is so good. You just, I've I mean, Omaha great, right? It
1: just... is. And they just redid it. It is
0: Disgustingly good. Yeah, I've heard it's just so so good. Yeah, like underrated good. Like it's rated. I mean, everyone knows in golf what it right, is, but, but they should, no, like, should be higher.
1: It's so so good. It is an unbelievable uh, course. So, but man, I I'm also the type of guy. I will say this: I'll play any course. It could be a. It could literally be a goat track, and I would enjoy playing. Yeah, like that's golf. just. I really I really enjoy the game, so. If that's all we have, it's like okay, let's go. Let's go play that course. Or if, even if the course isn't in great shape, but you have good greens, shoot. That's all I care about.
0: Couple on the hit list that you that are out there that you're you like, know, yes, I'm going to tackle that. I'm, I, I no pun intended.
1: I am excited about dismal, but I don't have to look at that and feel like oh, maybe I can tackle that because that's going to happen. Yeah. So outside of that, um, I'm probably going to stay in Nebraska and Prairie Club is one that i had. So i haven't good. hit up yet so good. and i heard that's st- stupid good too it is um but and then there's a couple um within the dormy network i don't know if you're familiar with which arbor links i that's so good here in nebraska city and that's that's an amazing course but there's a couple other ones i'd like to try uh briggs ranch and then they have the dormy club in North Carolina. Yeah. They have a lot of they have a lot of good courses that I would really, really like to try out. And so man, I yeah, you know, there's so much good golf. Um and who knows where it'll take me
0: next. Well let's talk about uh your new venture of uh, what you're doing with the company uh perform or I should say the firm Performance Mountain um you guys, well, I'll let you explain what it does. But my first question is, what does the the firm do? What do you kind of bring into the firm, and then how did it come about of uh, you know you uh, being a partner and working with that firm and, and and helping those guys out and trying to get the best out of people?
1: Yeah, so it's called Performance Mountain. And basically, kind of what our motto or slogan or whatever the heck you want to call it. Who cares what you call it? But it would be to to reach your peak. Like what we're trying to do is we're just trying to get everyone to reach their peak. And that could be in business, that could be in sport, that could be in life, it could be whatever the heck you want it to be in. Obviously, it's more so businesses and and sporting teams um, or like, and it's crazy, but like golfers, because there's a lot of mental side to it. But what we do is we're trying to reach, help everyone reach their peak um, in leadership, like team dynamics, and then also like in an elite level mindset. So what's that look like? Uh, what we do is we go in and well, what we have done is you evaluate and then we, you know, find a solution or some different solutions that might help that. Um, in that I'm saying as in leadership, team dynamics or elite mindset, not everyone does all three. I think if you want to have a great team or a great, uh, business, I think all three is super important. Um. But yeah, that's what we do, and we we do it um, through through obviously meeting with people, or like something that we enjoy doing too is doing seminars. Um, you kind of a half day seminar ish, three to four hours, and basically, we have a twenty year Navy SEAL, um, former Navy SEAL, who's uh, a partner, Jack Riggins, and then Doctor Larry Widman, He's our he's our brains, uh, you know, science guy on. The whole uh, mindset. Um, he's a psychiatrist, and he does the whole mindset stuff, and like the elite mindset, like breathing techniques, different things. So that'll come in more, so or not more so, but a lot of times with athletics, but also in companies, and just like just decision making, how to treat others. Um, the so the team dynamics is like a culture, like what what's what's important. Obviously, I bring my background where. I played at probably the best organization in the NFL for three years. And then I've also played at some others that maybe weren't as successful. So you see different things, you see what works, what doesn't. Um, and basically what we're trying to do is we want people to be the best that they can be at whatever they're doing. Um, and that's where we get the whole reaching your peak deal is we, we want you to be the best you or your business to be the best business that it can be because i think too many people settle for average sometimes and like yeah that can be fine and everything but why not try to be the best there ever was and that's what we want to do we want to we we try to help people um people and businesses be the best that they can they can
0: be how rewarding has it been to take what you've learned over those years and, you know, reaching an elite level and then kind of passing that wisdom of what it takes on that maybe client or younger athlete or whatever client you're working with is it's from a personal standpoint, how rewarding has it been to sort of give back coach, see the results?
1: You know, it's been really cool. And, and I will say this, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because I've always just been working towards my goals of being the best I can be, be the best running back in the league or the third down back, whatever it may look like. And then I get to this side of the NFL where I'm retired and doing these things. And it's like, Oh, like I never saw myself as someone that might be able to give insight just because I've always been working as hard as I can to do what I can do to help the team and yada, yada, yada. And it's, it's been a, it's been kind of crazy because People want to hear my story or want to hear, um, you know, different things as far as how to lead or or, or the different things that are important in a culture. And, and just basically, like, all the different things that my experience is, like, really cool to see. But then once you work with people, um, uh, for an example, with, you know, maybe an athlete I've worked with, it's been really fun to see the growth that they've had, whether it be in their leadership, their part in in the the culture of that team, um, and and as they change to see the team change, and then to see how successful they are, and maybe we're not the reason, but maybe we're a, you know a percentage. Maybe it's not us. You know, I don't want to ever take credit for people's talents because that would that that's not right but we do everything we can to help them tap into what they can do and it's been amazing i always thought i wanted to be a coach and then once i realized the coaching hours i was like i'm never going to be a coach and then i got into this business and it's like holy crap i am coaching and and i'm i'm doing what i felt like i was supposed to do all along and that's help other people uh kind of just reach
0: their best how cool um if people want to find out information on performance mountain when's what's the best way to for potentially a client or a business or an athlete to to work with you guys what's the best way to find information on it
1: um
0: i mean there
1: there there's so many different ways you, you can i mean because of social <laughs> social media uh nowadays nowadays can you could i mean you can go to my page and it'll have uh something on on my twitter but Probably the the easiest way, um, you know, that you know anyone could do it is just go to performancemountain.com dot um, and it kind of gives all the all the different stuff that we do on there, um, and and that's probably the easiest way. But then you can also uh, follow us on on Twitter, Instagram HQ underscore PFM um, for headquarters performance at Performance Mountain. Um, but yeah, the performance dot is probably the easiest, um, way to, to get plugged into us. If not shoot me a, shoot me a message on Twitter or Instagram. I mean, they, they've made it so easy nowadays. Uh, the internet's made it so easy for people to, once you hear about it, to find things. So you can, you can find it very easily there, but performance com is the easiest.
0: Well, thank you so much for the time today. I really appreciate it. Um, Looking forward to the NFL playoffs, and uh, the weather hasn't been this bad, at least in Chicago and Nebraska. So hopefully spring is coming soon, and um, we can get back to golfing again outside. And uh, we'll definitely get that trip planned out to Dismal this year. Um, Looking forward to playing with you. But uh, thanks so much for coming on. I really enjoyed the conversation, and uh, best of luck with everything that you're doing. Hey, thanks a bunch, Jay. Appreciate it.